Welcome to Find Your Peace, Find Your Pace, where we discuss how, in the midst of your own growth and success, you can prioritize the things that keep you sane and healthy. What are the key health and wellness habits that you need to make yourself better in order to grow your business or create success for yourself? I'll share my own journey, as well as bring in different health experts and trusted professionals to share their stories, advice, and experiences to help you find your best peace and pace. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Peace, Find Your Pace. Today, I am extremely excited. I have my therapist, Anissa Hansen, on here. I've been seeing Anissa for over three years now. Um, I actually saw her my first session the first week of COVID. Um, So without further ado, I will let Anissa introduce herself, and then we'll jump into some conversation. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for asking me to be on. So you want to know like some background and some... Yeah, just tell us who you are, some of your credentials. Tell us about Hanson Complete, like all the things. All the things. Okay. So um, I first started off in community mental health, um, probably like in my mid-20s. So I was going to graduate school and I was working for agencies and I worked for a few for many, many years. And then I became a supervisor And then kind of through that experience, I realized like we weren't really healing people like in this kind of conventional, modern way of mental health. It was more like getting people just to a place where they can like survive. So through that experience, I kind of was going towards my own practice, more holistic type of integrative approach to therapy and mental health. And because a lot of the stuff that we see now, especially in social media, is very new the last couple of years, like integrating nervous system regulation, trauma work. I mean, it's everywhere you look now, but you know, I would say even five years ago, it was very different. So if you imagine 10 years ago, 15 years ago, (laughs) it was like, what? Talk about the body. What are you, a hippie? You know? So I'm in there like (laughs) seeing people doing some eye reprocessing, doing some somatic work. And, you know, I really couldn't tell my supervisors no but um but it was working i know you're my boss but i'm gonna tell you how to do your job (laughs) yeah i was like i you know i can probably get fired for this but um it was actually healing people and so i was like i gotta go and do my own thing and that's what ended up hansen complete is really about you know it's really different now than even was five ten years ago where people weren't really doing that um on a bigger scale. So I wanted to go out in the community and, and offer it to people. And then now I have a team of two other therapists with me to kind of help as many people as possible with that same approach and looking at the person as a whole, that they are not sick or broken. Um, we don't really feel like pathologizing things or creating diagnoses for things really drives the treatment. It can be helpful to validate people's experiences, but it really kind of can hinder in my experience, when people get that diagnosis, it kind of ends. Right. <laughs> We're now like, now what? How do we move through it? How do we heal from these things and all that? So, right. And just to give us some context <laughs> to the listeners, yeah. um, you're obviously on like the the therapy, the mental health side, but Hanson Complete is located in Tampa, and you work with your husband there. Yes. And part of the whole concept, right, is to your point, you're on the mental health side, but then he has some of these other additional therapies that he brings into play, so that you guys are providing one place for someone to really come and get that holistic approach to their health yes, and wellness. Right. So he, um, he's an acupuncturist and herbalist and he does a lot of, um, a mix between Eastern and Western medicine. So a lot of the stuff we've seen, a lot of trauma in the body also shows up in pain. It shows up with, uh, 
the endocrine system. It shows up with immune issues, infertility issues. So we're like, wow, I mean, treating the body with acupuncture herbs. He also does like prolotherapy and things like that for pain. And then also working on the emotional part, right? Right. So if you're working on the body part, but not the emotional part, um, it kind of misses the whole picture there. Yeah. I think that's one of the really cool things about the the direction that the wellness space is going is that part of it all being interconnected, right? Like you can treat one thing and, and you're going to see improvements and benefits from that. But the more that you're able to address things that are all intertwined, because it's all intertwined and interconnected, the better right. the results from each individual thing you're going to get. Yes. And uh, everybody's different. So we have to look at it as this holistic approach where everybody, if you give stamp on people is one size approach. I think that's been the issue. Right. And people are like, this isn't working. Oh, there is something wrong with me because I don't fit in this little thing. And it's like, yeah, but your experience is so unique to you. So that approach also has to reflect right. that. Right. You know? Yeah. You, you obviously haven't heard the first episode yet, but that's actually one of the things that I talk about in your own wellness journey. You know, there's so many things that are trending or popular. Um, but really to me, wellness is about finding that approach that works for you and finding that, that commonality of things or that combination of things and knowing where you're able to control things yourself, like whether that's diet and exercise. And if it's not exercise, like maybe you need a personal trainer, maybe you need like, there's so many things that are good for everyone, but really finding that combination of things that works for you and makes yourself your best self. And you really have to trial and error your way through it. Yes. I mean, that's the only way. And I think, um, a lot of people are so worried about trying something and not working. So then they don't try it, right. <laughs> you know, and right. I'm like, well, I've tried a lot of things, <laughs> right. you know, right. so right. I'm kind of here to help you. And, you know, I've tried a couple thousand things, so, right. you know, but through that journey, I then learned, okay, what does work? Right. Right. Um, so in terms of just kind of like the, the audience and the listeners, as I mentioned, we're really talking about those that are either entrepreneurial or very career driven, because with that typically comes a whole different mindset or a whole different uh, group of challenges because when you're when you're looking to grow your career, grow your business, do all of these things, it really does start with you. You are the foundation of that because it, it's not you're not just clocking in somewhere doing manual labor and leaving. Like you're bringing yourself as the the work product, right? So in terms of that, and in terms of kind of those entrepreneurs and, and career driven people. I know that's something that you kind of specialize in anyways, but with that, what are some of the commonalities you see or some of the the common things that like, you know, maybe someone sitting here thinking to themselves, I'm the only one that feels this way. Like what are some of those traits or some of those challenges or, or even traumas that you see? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I see with um, business owners in this realm, men and women equally, is the inability, I think, to... Uh, relax. And I think the fear of failure is also very high, right? So <clears throat> a lot of people don't, it's almost like you keep going forward and forward and trying new new things or looking at other people to tell you what to do, but understanding that you're the only one that really knows what's best for you because most people don't really know what they're doing, <laughs> right? <laughs> they have all these experts, all these people, but they're just people right. that eventually did something enough times that then they're an expert on it. But I think so many people are so worried about trying stuff or failing that they don't try it. And then they are not staying true to their brand or their product or whatever and trying to replicate somebody else. And it doesn't work for them. And then they get frustrated. Right. So along with that comes a lot of burnout. It comes a lot of nervous system dysregulation. A lot of the imposter syndrome is, is 
I've never seen an entrepreneur without imposter syndrome. I don't think it's possible because you're lighting up parts of you that are very exposing that the average person can't handle. That's why they don't do it. Right. Right. Yeah. No, (laughs) you sitting here saying that I'm like, yeah, I literally talk about that on the first couple episodes. I'm by myself and I'm like, holy shit, this is kind of like, this is scary, but (laughs) if I don't do it, I'll never do it. So here we go. You'll never know. And you'll be in regret. And that's the thing. It's we're so worried about, you know, socially speaking, we've been trained to not be embarrass ourselves <laughs> and don't step out. Right. And then we're just like really not living our truth. So it's like almost living. Like if you're 80 years old, what are you going to regret if you don't try? Yeah. Cause those are the things that we take with us that we can't, you know, do again. Right, and right. a lot of the imposter syndrome has to do with that. And I think learning how to embrace it, that's why people don't do it because there's parts of us, fragmented parts, shadow parts that come up by being the face of something that nothing else really does. Right. You know, and outside of just, I guess that, you know, you just give it a shot and figure it out. Like what kind of advice do you typically give or, or what would you say with someone that is struggling with that? And, you know, they, they want to, they want to get to a new level. They want to um, grow their business more, or they just want to try new things, but they're that imposter syndrome is coming in or, or that fear of failure is coming in. Like, what are some things as a person, especially from the mental health side that we can do to kind of be working on that and, and start to work to eliminate some of those boundaries for ourselves? Yeah. So when I think, when I say imposter syndrome, another thing that can feel like is panic, right? Yeah. Panic and like fear and panic are the same thing. So I'm not enough. What I'm doing is stupid. Nobody's going to like what I'm doing. I'm out here doing, embarrassing myself. So it's almost like understanding what that you know label is. And then I really try to help people kind of slow that down or calm that part of us because I think we are trained, women especially, to do more, right? right? When you're in fear or panic, it's like, oh, just do more, right? Just do right. more and it'll right. be better. Shut and like, down. do this thing. Don't sit with yourself. And, right. But sometimes it's like learning how to, like if we don't how to, you know, regulate our bodies, calm the, you know, amygdala and the adrenal glands and all these things, then we can't really get clarity on what the next move is. So then we're just doing all this busy work and doing all this. It's like, do we even want to go that direction? Right. Do we even know what to say yes to and what to say no to? Because we're just covered in like busyness and doing. Right. You know? And to your point too, it's kind of interesting because that, that busyness and that like keeping up with things also typically tends to be a personality trait of the people we're already talking about. Right? Like right. I talk right. fast. I'm always moving. I'm always doing these things, right. but to your point, some of the best ideas, some of the best things have came from that time where it is a slow season. And I do force myself to sit with myself and it's really freaking hard. Like just to sit there with like mm-hmm. no TV on, no phone, no nothing, but there's also that balance, right? So when we're talking about being still and finding those things, like, what are some of your recommendations as to what that looks like? Because for some people it's either one extreme or the other, but finding that middle, I think is really important. So yeah, what, exactly. what does that look like? You make a good point because you have to have a certain personality be driving these ideas and this creativity forward. But sometimes that can be the detriment to us because we don't know what our limits are. So we're burning the candle at both ends and there's nothing left. So I, I like to let people know this Smaller things more frequently are better for you than the big things that are infrequent, right? So learning how to just check in with your body once a day, right? It doesn't have, these can be like 30 seconds or a minute long things of, okay, can I give myself like a little squeeze or a hug in the morning when I get up? 
right? Did I like tap my legs and get some oxygen to the lungs before I move into the next phase? But we don't do that. As soon as we wake up, we're on the phone, we're scrolling. Now we're changing into different brain waves all of a sudden into work mode and it creates more and more panic in the body. So we don't know how to like, you know, intercept that. And I always tell people too, you know, when you brush your teeth, just try to make that a mindful moment. When you eat your lunch, don't be in front of a screen. Maybe it's for five minutes you eat, but that's okay. But these little moments are very doable instead of like going off to a retreat center because you come back, you can do the same freaking thing. (laughs) It doesn't really matter if you go, you know, leave for two weeks and come back to your life because you're going to be, your nervous system's going to be right back again. Yep. And I think some of those things you talk about too are really important for someone who is in that career position, in that entrepreneurial position and just their normal day to day, right? We're like even outside of thinking big picture, next big idea or whatever those things are you know, say you're on back to back to back conference calls, but you have 30 minutes to yourself. What's going to be more beneficial sitting here and going through your email or maybe stepping away and sitting and taking a breath or playing a song or, you know, so so understanding how to take these things that maybe are on one side, but also apply them throughout your day and throughout your week. Because to your point, those small things eventually become the big things. Like, yes, it's great. You can go to these huge wellness retreats, but in your day to day, what are you actually doing? Yeah, I think it's really making some rules for yourself because as an entrepreneur, there's you really make your own schedule and your own rules. So who's going to hold you accountable? You, right? So if you don't have some basic rules of like, I don't eat lunch in front of a screen. I don't eat like pretty basic stuff because, you know, when you're eating and you're all activated and you're getting all these emails, you're on the phone, it's like you can't even digest, right? So you got all these other, sometimes we don't think about the inner workings of our gut and all these things that affect our brain and our health and our hormones and all these things are inner working all the time. So just like making some really simple rules, like drink my coffee, you know, before I check the email or really, really go a long way at the end of the day. So truly just making that routine and structure, but making some of those peaceful or quiet moments part of your routine and structure throughout the day too, and not just something that you do when you're in crisis mode. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think uh, we've normalized crisis mode. I think yeah. I think most of us are in low grade panic, and we have no clue because we've normalized it. Mm-hmm. And then we're like one little stressor away from having a panic attack. We're yeah. like, what happened? You're like, well, you've been living in you know fear right. state, panic state for probably years, and our you know, our culture society normalizes that hustle culture and, you know, this upgrade, this do this be on social media every second. So it's like, we are now training it to be in low grade panic and don't understand. Yeah. It's funny you say that because when I talk about being someone that has anxiety to friends that say they don't have anxiety, they're like, well, you know, just like, I don't understand what that's like. Tell me what it feels like. And once you start describing (laughs) it, they all of a sudden realize, oh wait, no, I just live like that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm just hyper aware. And I know that. I've known this about myself for a long time, but yeah, to your point, most everyone has anxieties to some extent. They just don't necessarily always know that yeah. that's what it is because they've become so used Normal. to just feeling that way. Yeah. That's like, oh, I never not felt like this. So right, right, right. right. <laughs> is there a different way to live? Right. Like, yeah, right. there is. Peace but I think calm. it's all on a spectrum. I think, I think we, like when you think 10, like anxiety 10 is like a panic attack and a one is like, you know the most relaxing day ever, but I think we all can get a 10, we all can get a one, but understanding what am I due to cultivating towards a one, right? If I'm just, everything is panic. And when I go home, I watch like the most dramatic television and most like violent television to like down regulate, like how am I really taking some self-ownership to call, 
support, calm the nervous system, right? How do I care for my nervous system, which we're not taught to do, right? you know? Right. Um, Big application here on that. I I lost a client this week and typically in an entrepreneurial world, your response wants to be hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. I got to replace this. And I've known for myself that I've been through this enough times. That's not going to work for me. Instead of freaking out and panicking and doing all these things, like take a couple days to feel anxious and know you just feel anxious and then start coming up with like, okay, how am I going to get back to this? How am I going to replace this? What's this, what's this thing going mm-hmm. to be? And those exact yeah. things you're talking about are so applicable in that because y- there's already an anxiety and a stress that comes with that and being in that circumstance in that situation. And we're, we're programmed to think that like, we need to just jump on it immediately. And it's like, what difference is two to three days really going to make in the scheme of things to kind of Good bring way. myself back to earth and, and work myself through and, and talk about those things. And I think, that's such a struggle in the world we live in to mm-hmm. even work towards that mindset. Right. But that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, we need to do these things because otherwise you're going to burn yourself out. And yeah, you might get that new client, but you're going, your endocrine system is not going to be happy. <laughs> it's not going to be. Well, and in addition to that, you are going to be so in panic that you probably will inevitably lose that client anyways, again, because right. you're going to be missing things. You're going to be, can't focus like so what happens is we think okay if I just hustle to get this thing we're not understanding the bigger picture you know and all the th- and you've worked really hard I think to get that inner awareness of like how hard was that for you to even pause and say yeah. don't do the programmed thing you yeah. know because it's the fear get the thing we lose the yeah. thing get it back and right. then you know we're not used to sitting in the and also grief right I lost this thing what does it mean right those shadow parts come back like okay that created safety for me or stability and now it's gone. How can I sit with that uncomfortability? So we're not taught how to sit with those pieces of ourselves. Right. right. And then once you do, you're like, oh, okay, now what do we need to do? Right. Right. From a more conscious place. Right. We want to just jump into action. Um, <laughs> Which so is I, panic. Yep. <laughs> so typically <laughs> speaking, we've already, we, we've touched on this a little bit and I think it's something that um, you're obviously very well versed on. It's something you've instilled in me, but it's something that's a, a core value to me the realization that health and wellness is not all all or nothing. And you're going to have different seasons of life where you're more balanced than others, you know, but as someone that maybe is traveling a lot or, you know, you have friends in town and you're not exercising as much, you're drinking more, you're maybe not eating your normal diet. Like what these things are never intentional. Right. But as life happens and as you're working through kind of finding that balance for yourself, like what are the things that we can work on or the, the core values we can bring to ourselves, or the way that we can even bring balance in those circumstances to keep ourselves grounded, knowing that those situations are temporary. Yeah. And that's a really good point because the only thing really is constant is change. Right. <clears throat> so I think, yeah, when people doing these other things traveling, but I think everyday life is kind of like that. I mean, there's fires happening, clients are, leaving. And I think, I think that's pretty, What I think that's what life is now. Right. And how to be adaptable to change, whether that's travel or friends or whatever. And I think having some hard rules for yourself, no matter if you're in a different state or whatever it is of, um, you know, if I go more than three days and don't go on a walk, I start getting weird. Like, <laughs> and I step, like, these are things I've learned. I start observing yourself. Like, okay, when I go past this third day, when I go past the second day and I don't, I start getting real weird with people and I start getting short and I start getting into fear, panic, scarcity, control mode. 
right? You can start seeing your nervous system start hunkering down in these old ways. So I think for, for people to really understand, man, I have to take some self-ownership. If I don't understand what I need, right, on a baseline level, I'm never going to feel okay or safe or secure, right? So it really starts with ourselves. It's not really about the external things. It's yeah. like those things can constantly change. But if I can go inward every so often, maybe do a one-minute meditation or a breathing exercise, like, ooh, like the world almost feels less scary or less, you know, disruptive. Yeah. Because you're yeah. always with yourself. You're going to be with yourself wherever you go, right? right? So you like that with you. Right. No, I think that's a great point. And I, to your point also, learning those things for myself, I know that, again, diet and fat, diet and exercise are so foundational, but those are really the starting points for me. Like I'm able to pile on so many more habits and practices if those things are in place. And so it's also learning to say no, because those things are so important to you, right? Like I'll have friends invite me to do something. I'll say, okay, well, my workout ends at this time. I can meet you after, or they'll invite me to dinner and I've already meal prepped and I'll say, you know, okay, well, I already have food at home, but I'm, I'm down to like go on a walk or something after. So as long as you're prioritizing those things that are really your core things, Mm-hmm. And being able to stick, yeah. like, what can you stick with, right? Because if you have seven yeah. things, they're like, these seven things are my core things. <laughs> not, not going like, to really work. <laughs> yeah, right? 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 Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's just that's learning those. small things. Yeah. It's so small that it's almost silly to come up with excuses not to do it. Right, exactly. Because your brain's going to come up with excuses no matter what. And you have to make it so small. You're like, I can't do a minute of this. Like, come on. Like, Cause it's just, it doesn't want to, it wants to be in panic, honestly, because it's trained to be in panic, but also it's trained to protect you. So it believes there's all these threats going on. And if it relaxes or calms down, there's something different, like it's off guard and doesn't know what to do with that. It almost so wants, like, to get, wants to get you back to that panic place. Your brain yes, programmed it wants to be in panic because it feels actually safe there in some bizarre right. backwards way, right? right? Yeah. To teach it how to slow down. And then it's like, oh, okay, nothing bad's going to happen if we do these things. And I think having little baselines, like you said, like, okay, we all fall off. The diet gets crappy. And it's like that happens to everyone. You can't stay like that. I can't do that. It's just like when I notice I'm there, what's the the one thing I can try to do to get back? Right. Yeah. If you've had a weekend where, you know, you're not really in your practice, like what's the first thing on Monday you can do? And then maybe on Tuesday you add another thing and like getting yourself back to that place and, and, and finding that, that, finding that pace for yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I think some people think, um, magical thinking or they have to do, if it doesn't look perfectly, I'm not, I'm not going to try tomorrow. I'm not going to try to, it's almost right. like every moment is an opportunity to try to shift because it's internal, right? It's getting out of the perfectionism. I have to do it perfectly or it's not going to work for me. No, like it's just one little choice after another. That's it. Yeah. And I think to that point too, like the expectation of, okay, I've went so far to the right. Like now I need to go and I need to have this like killer workout that just ruins (laughs) me. And I need to go to, um, seven different things this week, but like, maybe you just go to the gym for 10 minutes and move your body a little bit, you know, like those small steps to get you back to your center, because otherwise you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, or I just tell people walk through the door of the right. gym. Like, if you don't even want to work out, I don't care. Walk around, put some headphones in. <laughs> walk there. around, <laughs> say hi, leave. It. Like, it's almost right. like because it becomes a lion. Like, every time there's a, these, these obligations and things, or I have to show up, and if I don't have the energy, then I, what are people going to think? Or I'm wearing that outfit that I don't really feel great. It's almost like, oh my goodness. Right, right. It's debilitating. And right. that's where I think a lot of people live in this like heightened, avoidant place. Yeah. So they don't do anything, they're stuck, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
Well, this has been great. As we kind of start to wrap up here, if you had to give listeners one piece of advice, what would it be? Well, first of all, whatever you're doing, you're doing a really good job. Okay. The fact that you even thought about doing your own thing is really incredible because there's people that think about a lot of stuff and they'll never take action. So it takes guts and it takes courage and going back to like, nobody really knows what they're doing. I think really like, you know, embracing that, like fumble, try stuff. Like I've failed so many times, but through those failures, I got to places where I'm supposed to be. So I think almost honoring these failures as a part of it, because maybe you weren't supposed to, you started one place, but if you never tried it, you wouldn't probably ended up where you're actually supposed to be. So just keep it like enjoying the journey. And if it's not the exact outcome that you doesn't mean it's wrong or bad because it didn't end up exact. Maybe it's supposed to guide you in a direction you're supposed to go. You know, I love that. That's actually my friends and I talk about all the time. Don't be attached to the outcome, right? Be attached. Cause we don't even know what the outcome really is. Right. In our little monkey brains, we're like, Oh, that's the, and then you're like, you know, five years later, like, yeah, I, yeah, it makes sense now. Yep. All, all of those things make sense. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> well, you've been someone who's been just so impactful in my life. I know I don't see you as much anymore, but it's because you apparently just did your job so well. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, yeah. But for those that are That's listening, maybe want to find you or find your husband mm-hmm. or just find your practice, where can we sure. find you? Either your website, your Instagram, like what's the best way to find you and follow along? For sure. Um, Instagram is always great. I love interacting with people on there um, at Anissa Hansen or my website is anissahansen.com. So if you have any questions, you're interested in working together or my team, just send me a message and I'll get back to you. Amazing. I love it. Well, thank you again so much for being here. It's been my honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you.